right. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I'm Mike here with Jay Bird. Just the two of us tonight. Last week we had no Jay. This week we have no McLean. He's at some club fitting training function talking to how to make all amateurs assimilate with the clubs that the PJ Tour players have so there's no bifurcation. And we can See. yell at each other about that. <laughs> Is he uh, plunging toilets as well, or what's no, he... no? That was you last week. You went to a conference <laughs> to figure out how to plunge toilets and change light bulbs. Uh, you, you know, you texted me that we gave you, you intimated that we gave you a bunch of shit last week when you weren't here. And I'm sitting oh. on the couch next to Lindy, and I'm like, man, I don't remember giving him shit when he wasn't there. But then, like, <laughs> I texted you. I give a lot of people shit, so it's hard to remember all the time. And then it hit me. The, I, I pulled out the toilet plunging. I joke. honestly didn't. Uh, I uh, I didn't listen to the pod last week. Um, but I had while I was at uh, I had my brother's wedding last weekend as well. So I had a conference the back to back with my. Congrats, uh, Polly. By the way. Yeah. Uh, congrats. It was a beautiful wedding. Carly, his wife, was just uh, she's beautiful, and the setting was perfect. Charleston, South Carolina. 75 and sunny it was just it couldn't have been any any better um but uh uh my paul's father-in-law made a comment that he had listened to the podcast already he'd already heard it and he was like oh man they were giving you a bunch of shit this week for not being there i was like oh really i was like what did they say and he was like oh they started with the toilet plunging and then they just kept going i was like oh they kept going after the no, I don't think I don't think we did. I think he overstated that. I was like, well, that's that's good though. That's all right. Shout out it, to Todd. Congratulations to Todd Bragg. His daughter just married my little brother, and it's they're two great people, and and I'm super happy for them both. And uh, anyway, you know, so are they are they are they going on a honeymoon this week? They're not going on a honeymoon this week. They are going uh, to Paris and Nice in end of May. Oh wow, good for them. Yeah, so I was gonna that. say like Polly, like going on a honeymoon the week of the Masters would be a big bogey. <laughs> big bogey, you know he's too much of a golf nut. He would he would not do that. <laughs> he would not do that. So he he planned it. Actually, Paris and end of May sounds amazing. <laughs> it does. Paris anytime sounds amazing. Yeah. So, um, but needless to say, yeah, good good weekend. I didn't listen to the pod, so I didn't listen to you guys rib me, which. I kind of, I think I may go back and listen to it just for shits and giggles. But. I think that's all I said. I think that was pretty much the extent of it. I mean, that's what we do here. I mean, it's good. But again, uh, I, I could have slipped out a couple more that just, just elude me. Um, my memory just can't, can't remember them all. I fire so many shots, Jay. You know, yeah, you just you can't just remember them all. Can't keep up. You can't keep, can't up. keep up. So um, I'm glad you had a good time. You guys play some golf down there? We did play a little golf. We played, actually, if you haven't been to Charleston, <clears throat> and you're going to take a golf trip. There's, there's uh, three really great golf courses. You know, Bulls Bay, uh, which was uh, home to one of my you know favorite people, Ricky Sullivan. Um, he was an instructor of mine while I was playing for a long time. Great, great friend, great family. But he also he taught. He he was at Augusta this weekend. I was going to see him and hang out, but he was at Augusta because he's got three of his students that are. Uh, playing, we're playing in the uh, Augusta Women's uh, Tournament, the Invitational. Uh, Rachel Keen out of Wake Forest. Oh, she played uh, her ass off the final day. This this girl is incredible. I mean, I, he sends me videos of this girl, and she's just insane. So, 
you know, the listeners who haven't checked these girls out, like they, this girl's going to be a stud on the LPJ tour in like a year. <laughs> uh, Jen Castle, USAM winner last year. Um, he had one other student and I apologize for not remembering um, her name, but he's got, he had three students out there and they all are incredible players. But so I, I didn't get a chance to hang out with him because he was eating pimento cheese sandwiches at uh, Augusta. But, um, but anyway, back to my point though, there's Bulls Bay is a great golf course, which, which is where he is at. Um, Daniel Allen, incredible golf course, bigger golf course, a little bit, a little newer. And then you've got Yeamans Hall. Um, but and the country club of Charleston is very and, good. That and the country club of Charleston is, is a nice host of the U.S. U.S. Women's uh, Open yeah. a few years ago. But there is a golf course on James Island. It's almost 100 years old, built in 1929. Uh, it's the Muni, the Charleston Muni, Municipal Golf Course. I'm 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 thinking that it's a Seth Rayner. I, I saw his name bounced around a couple of times, and we can fact check me on that. But it's not a long golf course. It's six. They just redid it, right? They redid it, but I think it was an original Seth Rayner design, and it is hard, like really hard. The greens are firm. They're teeny. They're all kind of push-up greens, um, but it's actually in really, really good shape. Bermuda greens, but um, really good. Um, we, we we came out and played, and the wind was blowing like 30, 35 miles an hour, so it was super hard. But we had a blast. I always like playing, you know, really tough golf courses in tough conditions. So um, we had a good time. It was it was a lot of fun. There's a uh, <clears throat> a fellow Clemson PGM alum, Marshall Orman, who I graduated with, is the head pro down there. Really? Yeah. I wish I knew you were going. I would have told you to say hello. Uh, well, he was awesome. He let us. He was. Is he a bigger guy? Tall guy? Uh, he's taller. I mean, they're all everyone's taller than me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the 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 pro that was there kind of got us out early. We tee off at seven fifteen, eight o'clock ahead of the 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 buzz. That place stays packed apparently. Um, but we got out. We had two foursomes originally, and then Trey, my eight year old, nine year old, he wanted to play, so they let us slide out, um, which is always nerve wracking for me because I'm always, you know pushing him like, all right, pick it up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, just trying to keep the pace up. I don't, especially as a five, some, you know, you don't want to be the, the, the group that's holding the whole, the whole day up, but we, we kept up, we played in just right at four hours. So, I mean, first, one of the first couple groups off and we have five, some, and we slip out and we, we get it done. So nice. we were happy about it, but, um, Really cool track. If you're down that way, it's not expensive at all. I mean, I don't think it's maybe 50 bucks, 40 or 50 bucks to play this place. And it's awesome. Yeah. I've heard it's unbelievable after the renovation. Like there's been all kinds of architectural uh, articles written about it. Um, kind of just restoring the history of it and and how good it is now. It is, it is cool. And it's hard. A couple of greens, like squared off greens, which I think is really unique. I love that look. Yeah, that gives it that kind of a classic look, which we don't see a whole lot, a whole lot of these days. But um, that's what Yeamans Hall has down yeah, there, which is also is. a Seth Rayner. A lot of squared yep. off greens. Yep. Um, yeah. The old kind of template Redans and B Ritz and yep. Edens and all those kind of holes. Yep. So, Plenty of those. Nice. You play okay? Uh, you know, I shot, I shot seventy four ish. Uh, I don't, it could have been 73. It was a couple par putts where my partner was in. I didn't give myself, you know, the par. So I'll, I'll take the 74 and move on. But I, I actually, you know, with the conditions, I, I actually played, I hit the ball decently well. Um, I wasn't too dissatisfied with it, but um, I'm sick of the wind. 
the wind can go f itself because the last few weeks here in Richmond have been brutal with the wind. Yeah, and it, it just wears you. It wears you down. You know, like it, it physically, it wears you down because you're always fighting it, and mentally, you're just like, can I just have one hole where I don't have to think so hard? Yeah. Like which way the which way is the wind coming? Is it into? Is it off the left? Is it down? Is it what? What is it? I've you never know? thrown so much grass in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's all I do is just pick up grass and throw it. Jeez. Well, cool. Glad you guys had a good trip. And again, congrats to to Woody down there in Charleston. Yep. Um, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking. Um, what did I switch over to? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm tasting um, this Noah's Mill. Actually, was it's a good um, it's a good bottle. Uh, try, I wish I had it in front of me as I can tell you where it was from, but. They make two. They make a Rowan's Creek and they make a Noah's Noah's Mill, and they're both really good. Um, not super expensive, but just depending on where you get it, uh, what state you can get it in. I mean, I, we can't get it in Virginia. It's always a, it's a limited release bourbon, but down in South Carolina, they've got them. So you slot in, you get it. You may pay extra ten, twelve, fifteen bucks for it, but it's worth it if you can't get it in, uh, yeah. in Virginia. So it's good. Nice. I am. Yeah. A little E.H. Taylor tonight. Oh, this is a celebration. Can you can you tell me why it's a celebration? I guess the local club pros in Richmond aren't very good at golf. <laughs> because somehow I won a golf tournament today, Jay. The winner. When was the last time you won a golf tournament? I mean, I think I beat Lindy one time at putt-putt. <laughs> Um, it's, it's been a little while since I actually won a golf tournament, but we had the Richmond, um, golf association, the RGA here in town was putting on their annual pro member at independence down the road. And me and three members, Tom Jenkins, junior Ren Schiffman, Austin gray joined me. Uh, we played last year in this and the four of us played absolutely terrible. So we tried to have a little bit of a redemption year. And unfortunately we just missed the money. Um, from the team event, two best balls for gross. We came in six, top five, got paid. Uh, but I happened to win the individual pro sweeps. That's awesome. That's I'll awesome. take it. A win's shot, a win. Shot a bogey-free 69. Bogey-free 69. Uh, a couple clutch par putts, which is typical for me to get up and down a few times. <laughs> but uh, I, I putted really well. And I, I had an eight-footer on my last hole, which I thought I had to make. And I lipped it out. But it was enough. I guess the sixty nine was was good enough to win by one. So little little extra spending money for uh, Lindy and the girls. So I mean, it's pretty good. First place is like a hundred grand, right? Uh, not that many zeros. <laughs> there was a comma, but not that many zeros. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, I little, mean, little little celebration. It's always fun to win a golf tournament, right? When you, there's nothing, nothing. When you play and compete, and you come out on top. It, that's always fun. I don't care. I mean, you know more than I do, but well, I mean, not not of not of late, but you know, when you win a tournament, and there, I don't care how many people are playing, whether it's five people, thirty people, a hundred people, a full field. Anytime you come out at the end of the day and you played eighteen holes or thirty six holes or seventy holes, and you win, you beat everybody else. You're like, damn, that's cool. You know, you're you're riding high. You know, at least for a day until you play the next tournament. Yeah. I mean, that's what's cool about that's what's cool about the game. You know, it's like I could I could tell my my uh playing partners, my teammates didn't really want to say much to me. And I made a I made a birdie putt with like two holes to go. And then finally Austin was like, Hey, Mike, 
where are you on the leaderboard? You know, cause we're now doing all the online scoring through the app and yeah. you can look up the leaderboard. And I was like, I don't know. I haven't looked, I don't care. That's like asking the, the guy throwing the no hitter. Like, Hey man, how's it going? Are you, yeah. you still, you still got the no hitter? I was going? like, <laughs> shut up. I had the team leaderboard up. I was kind of paying attention to where we were as a team. I wasn't looking at the individual. I was like, it is what it is. And so, yeah, that was fun. You know, again, can't, can't complain about winning a golf tournament. No, so, that's little, awesome. I figured a little EH Taylor, uh, time to celebrate you know win a golf tournament it's masters week why not why not man you are feeling good this is gonna be a good week <laughs> got a mini okay. vacation starting tomorrow so we're good do you have a mini vacation starting just tomorrow? a couple just three-day vacation taking the girls down to smith mountain lake just with spring oh, break week that's right that's right that's just to get out of town and change the scenery and let them ruin some other place instead of our house <laughs> fair enough so um, let's get into some actual really good golfers. Uh, we fake it on occasion. Yeah. But, uh, so this weekend we'll, we'll see where this conversation goes. I, I didn't watch much of the Valero. Congratulations, JJ spawn. I'm sure. You're a great guy and you obviously played well to win your first PJ tour event and, and get the last spot in, uh, into the masters, which obviously is huge. And all those guys that aren't in the field know it. And hell, like Richard Blaine was even playing to try to, try to win and get in as well because he he missed the top 50 ranking by a week if he made top 50 a week earlier he would have gotten in oh the field and God. but you also had um like you had mentioned the augusta women's or augusta national women's amateur this weekend 16 year old anna davis wins that 16 years old wins at augusta you had jennifer Cupcho, kind of you know she won the first um women's amateur at augusta she gets her first LPJ event and also her first major, uh, the Chevron out there in Palm Springs with a leap into Poppy's Pond, which is the last time they're having at that course. And then we had yeah. the drive chip and putt going on at Augusta as well. So a lot, a lot of kind of stuff going on. I've kind of dabbled in all of them. I didn't yeah. really watch anything too, too in depth, but what, I don't know. What are your takes? I don't, I don't think we're going to get too in depth on the Valero, but what are your takes on any of the golf this weekend? No, I mean, we kind of, I had my son, um, again, we were, we were at this wedding, but it, the, the, on Sunday morning, I guess they had the drive chip and putt and my son is eight year old. Um, and we watched that and he, he was kind of looking at it. I was like, where are they, where is this? And I'm like, it's at Augusta national. And they were doing the putting competition, which was on 18 green. And he was like, wow, they're, they're playing the actual golf course. I'm like, yeah, dude, you can do this, which is, you know, for young kids, I mean, granted, it's just a, a couple drives or I should say a couple, it's, you get three drives, three putts, three chips. Um, but if you do those really well, you have a chance to, <laughs> you have a chance to, you know, compete at a national level at Augusta in front of, you know, uh, tons of people. And I mean, I, in, you know, I'd say millions because it is millions of people. It's on air, um, which kind of sparked his imagination. You know, I think about my experience with golf and as a kid, one of my first experiences with golf, obviously playing with my father, just for fun. I knew nothing about it. I didn't, I didn't really play any golf. I didn't watch golf on TV. There was nothing that was drawing me to the game. Um, and then, um, I, I remember when the golf channel started, it was in 1993, four, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere right around there. And I was sitting at home in the summers. My dad was coaching football. My mom was teaching, um, 
summer school or, or, or teaching some, my mother was a, a fitness instructor. Um, so, so they were all out doing, doing things. And I would, I was like in seventh or eighth grade in the summer. So before like anything really started, I was sitting at the house and I was like, what is this? I was like, all right, I'm sitting here bored. Like there's no sports on in August. You know, I was like, let's, you know, it's like August 1st. And I was like, turn on the TV and it was, you know, golf channel. I was like, what is this? Let's watch it. You know, I played with my dad. I was like, I was kind of into golf. Shell's wonderful world of golf came on and I just was enamored by it. So I watched all these old classic, you know, Bobby Jones and Sam Snead, Ben Hogan, you, you name a Billy Casper, all these guys, these old players that played on the show. And I was like, man, this is really cool. So fast forward, you know, a couple of years and my dad was like, do you want to go to the masters? I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, this place sounds cool. I was like, I've seen it on TV. That's it. So we go in 1996, my first golf tournament that I've ever been to. Um, and I think I've probably told this story before, but it's still really, really cool. So I get there. My dad has a one ticket. Didn't tell me that he had one ticket until we get all the way into the parking lot. And I'm like, dad, let me see my ticket. I want to like, let me look at it. You know, he's like, ah, hang on for one second. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Hang on for one second. We're in the parking lot. You know, in the gravel parking lot, which is, I think this lot that we were in is no longer there. It's, 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 they've, they've moved. changed so much down yeah, there. They've changed so much, but anyway, he's like, give me a few minutes. So I'm sitting in the car. I'm a 14 year old kid sitting in the car by myself and uh, he's running around. It's like 45 minutes later, he comes back and he's like, all right, we're ready to go. I'm like, what were you doing? He's like, I had to get you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean you had to get me a ticket? So he had to scalp a ticket, which is impossible now. You can't walk on site and scalp a ticket. You no, know, it's it's not. You can't do that. So uh, this is for the Wednesday uh, practice round. So we get we get in. Obviously, it's incredible, the most amazing place you've ever been to on and on a in in the golf world. And we get in, and the first thing we do is go get like a. I think we get a pimento cheese sandwich and nice. I think I buy a hat or something like that. And then we go straight to the putting green and there's John Daly in the, in the, in the mid nineties, John Daly and Nick Faldo, who we all know won that masters, Mm -hmm. Greg Norman, they're all on the putting green at the same time, John Daly, Greg Norman and Nick Faldo on the practice round. And these guys ended up making, making waves that, that year, but watching them putt. And then, we're watching these guys, Freddie Couples coming through, playing his practice round. I mean, he was big in the in the mid nineties. Oh yeah, my dad's like, hey, let's go watch this young guy. I think he's he's playing with uh, Jack Nicholson, Arnold Palmer, and I knew who Jack Nicholson was. I mean, he was he was the man, like the man. So I was like, all right, fine. So we go uh, to the tee and we watch Jack tee off, and we watch Arnie tee off, and then we watch this other kid tee off, and I'm like, wow, that that's a big, that's a lot different. That swing was way different, and of course, it was Tiger. So it was Tiger, Jack, and Arnie, and we watched them for 18 holes. Only time that they've ever played together in any competitive round. And this wasn't a competitive round, but any, any, I, I don't, I, sanctioned, any kinda. sanctioned event, like maybe that's like a public event, practice round or, or tournament round. Like this is the only time they ever played together. And you can, you guys, if you ever go look, you can look at 96 Masters, Masters Tiger and Jack and Arnie playing together, and you'll see, um, Jack was wearing some weird uh, sweater. Tiger was wearing this brown and black and weird sweater. And I think uh, Arnie was wearing this green sweater with these um, 
you know, cyan stripes on it. It was really bizarre, but you can pull it up. Yeah. Um, I got it right here. But, um, <clears throat> we, I'm guessing Jack was wearing a yellow sweater. Yeah. It's like a yellow sweater or, or jacket, but yeah. And then some weird green, you're right. Some yeah. weird, nice salmon colored shirt underneath as Arnie would do mm-hmm. with some, yeah, some weird green. But I'm making and, this, and... I'm making this story pretty long, but it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm just explaining how incredible this place was, but we, we get there and I'm, I'm, we end up watching Tiger, Jack and Arnie play 18 holes together <laughs> a practice round and it was the most incredible thing and that was again we go back to the drive chip and putt but a lot of these kids they see augusta on tv they see the drive chip and putt they 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 just follow the masters this is their first experience with like what's great about golf and it was for me like that was the moment watching that tournament and then watching tiger win in 1997 as a teenager and i was like this is awesome like I want to, I want to be a part of this some, some in some way, shape, or form. Um, this this tournament just is, it sets it sets everything, uh, it sets itself apart from all the other tournaments. It's pretty incredible. I, everyone gets jazzed up. When this yeah, it's cool, and, and that's you know the chi- drive chip and putt for me was kind of the, I guess my favorite takeaways of this past weekend. Before we dive too deep into the the actual tournament and the Masters, we're all obviously going to talk a lot of Tiger with with the news. But drive trip and putt, I guess, as a parent too, is is even cooler now. Watching these kids and just the expressions on their face and how jacked up they are and how jacked up their parents get, and then the interviews of the winners are fucking awesome. They're so good. Like these kids like drop these awesome quotes and they have no idea how cool it is, what they're saying or yeah. how awesome it is. Or like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. And I, and I liked watching the, the, the women's amateur there too. Cause again, I don't know. We watch professional golf every week. Yeah. Right. And I don't know to see people that are playing it for legitimately the joy of the game, whether it's a drive chip and putt or um, the women amateurs and at this mythical place essentially yeah. and it just it's just cool you know um again all due respect to jj spawn and the valero but that kind of stuff is cool to see on, on occasion and um yeah that's that was my biggest takeaway of the weekend is, is how cool that stuff is and congrats to jennifer cup show and jj spawn but yeah. you know yeah a 16 year old anna davis out there in her bucket hat just all kinds of swag yeah wins it I, I do feel bad for i forget her first name last name was stone from lsu who yeah uh hit a great shot on 16 and then uh went three over on the last two to lose it that that's that's heartbreaking to also at the same time watch that um but yeah that that stuff's cool and, and the kids and hopefully you know one of these days hopefully one of those kids you're gonna look back and say hey in 2000 22 he won the 10 to 11 division in the drive ship and putt at augusta and well, now he's put on a green jacket you know what i mean yeah i mean it, i i guarantee that it will happen at some point you know in the future that there's a kid that uh, that's out there right now that has won their age division in the drive ship and putt and you know you know winning a, a tournament like that again i say tournament but winning a drive chip and putt is obviously not playing golf but it's a pretty good predictor of how to handle pressure and to be in, in the limelight and be on TV, national TV. Oh yeah. 
How do you perform? I mean, it's essentially, I, I, I would kind of relate it to like something like the big break. You know, you look at those guys um, and every shot is like the most important shot that you have, you'll ever take. Whereas you have 72 holes in a, in a, in a four round golf tournament and you know, your first tee ball of the day is, is important, but it's not, it's not going to make or break the, the, the week. But if you hit that drive, and the drive, chip, and putt, you've got two more opportunities and you better hit good ones. So the pressure yeah. is, is on, it's on. So you, you got to find a way to, to push through. So these little kids, I say little, I mean, it goes into the uh, teenage years, but you got to, you got to figure out how to handle pressure and it's kind of fun to watch and how they react. You're right. Some of, some of their swings are so good too. Incredible. <laughs> so good. I was looking Incredible. at it. I was, I was in the golf shop. I'm like, God damn, that kid's got a great move at the golf ball. Awesome. It's it's amazing. It's cool to see. That's that's fun stuff. Again, as a as a PJ professional and, and part of this is is helping to grow the game. Yeah. Go, go fuck yourself, Greg Norman. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, and it's it's cool. It's just it's awesome. And again, being a parent with young kids, you know, seeing kids essentially the same age doing this on that stage on national television is is cool. So um but I guess without further ado, let's get in. Excuse me. Let's get in to the big cat and Augusta National, the Masters. He's playing, maybe. I don't know. Everyone was waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, unfortunately, last week, McLean and I were able to talk about him making the trip to Augusta since we delayed the show a day. So it happened that Tuesday. So we kind of. We're talking, well, well, will he play? Well, he won't. And we were kept on expecting some sort of announcement. Yep, I'm in. I'm playing in the field. I was expecting like Friday it was going to come and then nothing. And Saturday, yeah. nothing. And then there was whispers that he was going to make his way up on Sunday. And then he announced, I'm coming up Sunday to continue my preparations. But it's still a game time decision. And yeah. so the Internet has been ablaze the last two days. Pictures of him being out there, videos, swing videos. He played nine holes. Um, yesterday, as in Sunday, played nine holes today with JT and Freddie. He's swinging it really good from all accounts. It looks good from what I can see. It looks, it looks very smooth and fluid. And by, I mean, there's not one person that said he looks bad. And I don't think anyone would ever say he looks bad, but everyone's saying he's just flushing it. I mean, I've, I've seen 20 people, whether it's reporters on Twitter or quotes from other guys that have seen him over the last couple of days. Yeah. He has to be playing. He's playing. I think his little mini statement was just to give himself an out. If there's some sort of physical setback, I yeah, think he's playing. he's playing. Yeah. He's going to give it a shot. I mean, especially I think in this position that there's no, um, it's, he's, he's not a detriment to another, the next man up in the field, you know, Correct. Yep. other, other events, if you take a spot where you know you maybe have 50% to play and you're you're hurting another guy's chances of playing, most guys will will say, you know what, hey man, I know I'm I'm probably not going to finish. Let me just withdraw so I can give this guy this shot. I mean, there somebody's always waiting in line. Yep. This is the one tournament, the one and only, where there's no one else that's coming Yeah, in. there's no, no alternates. <clears throat> yeah. So if you if you can do it, do it. Um, and I think that's kind of, I think that's why he's given it a shot uh, among other things, but he's like, look, I'm going to give it a go. If I can't do it, I'll stop. I'm not hurting anybody else by, by playing, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. He's obviously, 
it, it really is going to come down to like we like we said it's it's a it's an endurance thing and a physical thing it's not a skill thing i think the skill is there from from all, all the accounts that we've had for people uh, that have played with him in the last couple of months the skill set is there he's driving the ball well the ball speed's there the chipping the putting the the soft shots are there uh, it's just a matter of whether this this reconstructed right leg and ankle are going to be able to make it up the hills of Augusta National. Um, and totally reconstructed, pretty much. Totally reconstructed. I mean, you're talking about a shattered shattered leg. <clears throat> so, I honestly think that the odds for Tiger to win were way too, <laughs> way too good. Like, like, they should be way worse than this. Like, it, I, 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 they're, they're going off of Tiger just because it's Tiger. Um, but like the, the chances of him winning this tournament, if he wins this tournament, it will be the greatest comeback victory of all time in golf of all time in golf. I mean, I think and it's it, utterly remarkable that he's even playing. Never it mind. It really is. <clears throat> it really is. And I mean, I'm, t- I, I'm talking I'm, I, all time in any sport. Like I, I just don't see any other sport comparing to, to what he would do if he were to win this. Now, granted, every sport's a little different team sport, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, this yeah. would be like, he's, he's um, proven me wrong. <clears throat> you know, I've, I've been saying, I guess since, you know, December, you know, when he came out and he played in the PNC with Charlie, I'm like, nah, he's not going to play Augusta. You can't, it's too hard of a walk. He's not going to be ready by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, again, he's, he's, he's proved me wrong already. By just even being there, whether he decides not to not tee it up on Thursday or not, I think he's going to. Uh, yeah, it's it's utterly remarkable that 14 months ago he almost lost his life, and then almost lost his leg, and and now he's playing. And you know, I still think I was watching a little bit of the video on live from on the Golf Channel uh, before we did this. His gait's a little off, especially you can tell he's. Ginger walking up and down the hills. Uh, they were yeah. showing a video of, of him, Freddie, and JT walking down off a tee box. I'm not positive yeah. what hole it was. And he's a little bit ginger. I do think even looking at his golf swing, while it all looks great, he doesn't quite have the push-off in that right leg. And it, it's, it looks like the right leg, the right hip is a little slow yeah. to come around um, compared to before. Where, again, which is to be expected. Sure. But, um, yeah, you know, you know what I think, you know, from a, you know, we're, we're getting the golf golf swing theory here, but I think that was partly what hurt him at, at, at his younger age. I, I shouldn't say it, it gave him speed, but I, I think that's what, um, hurt him, uh, his lower back just with so much. Yeah. So much aggressive, aggressive push off of that right side. So much of that locking and snapping with that left leg, and so much side bend through impact. I mean, granted, it was in it enabled him to create a lot of speed and to still be able to flush it. Um, but I still think he can hit it just as solid without putting as much pressure on his body and still be able to generate speed. I mean, it sounds like his ball speeds are in, still in the one seventies. I mean. I would take a Tiger Woods ball speed in the, in the 170s with his driver and his knowledge around that golf course and his touch and his short game 
Um, it sounds like he's been chipping his ass off at home and is yeah. re you know reconstructed you know four hole three hole three or four hole golf course that he has. Um, so I, you know I, I don't think it's a <clears throat> it's a terrible thing. I mean the, that's the the biggest thing. It's always it's like a lower body issue for him. It's been it's been his biggest issues. You know he's had lower back. He's had his left knee multiple times and now his right leg. So, you know, that lower body has been bad, but the good thing about it, <clears throat> I always tell people, you know, you know, this Mike, I mean, you've had some wrist issues that you mess with. Um, but you, the, the lower body is there to help facilitate the, the swing of the upper half. So, I mean, how many guys do you know that can sit on a chair and, and rip a ball 250 yards they can, but what happens when you lose the mobility in a elbow or a shoulder yeah. or a wrist, you know, which you fight, you know, or a, a neck issue, like that's when, that's when you have to shut it down. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to, and he can, him, but, but I, I if, as long as it's not painful on every swing, maybe he may, may not have the mobility and uh, that he once had, but Again, the, the base is there, again, that alone is just to provide a base for him to swing the upper half. So, um, and that's the one good thing about Tiger is that uh, Bob Toskey always said, and a long-time, uh, long-time coach or, or swing instructor, he always said that Tiger Woods had the fastest arm swing on tour. And the reason that was so good is because other players rely on hand speed, like a Sergio Garcia. They rely on hand speed to deliver all of their club head speed to the ball. Whereas Tiger was able to not apply so much lag and down cocking on the downswing, but he swung his arms so fast. So that allowed him to keep the face really square, square, squarer longer throughout the swing. Um, so he could still generate speed, but still keep the face really square and, and, and hit the ball pretty straight. So yeah, he still has that same arm swing. When I watch him, even in these practice rounds, watch him swing. He still has that same speed uh, with his arms. He may not be able to create as much separation, but he's still gonna he's still gonna pound it and he's still gonna hit it, flush it, um, which is all he needs to do. Yeah, to not to not get into to too geeky here, but I, I'm curious. I want to actually look at and I haven't looked at it enough. I want to see if he tweaks his grip at all because if if his hips are a little slower because of the the lower body issues, he's gonna have to weaken his grip slightly because yeah. for those of you out there the the less body lower body rotation you have and by rotation and impact the faster the rate of closure of the club face is mm -hmm. so i'm curious if he weakened his grip at all to just keep that face a little bit more square because the lower body may be a little bit slower than he was especially with the same arm speed that he has if the lower body stops and that arms goes keep going he's going to shut that face down and hit everything left mm -hmm. so um Again, not to be too geeky, but I, I will be curious to kind of take a look at his grip to see if he did yeah. change that. I mean, that's kind of cool, though. I mean, that's the, I, that's neat. Those are those things are cool to like kind of pay attention to. I mean, again, if we're talking about that with somebody else, it's one thing, but we're talking about the one of the greatest golfers that ever lived. I mean, every, he gets he gets um, he gets looked at and he gets evaluated every time he walks on the golf course. You know, obviously we we he was out there yesterday and we saw him wearing foot joy shoes and we're like, Whoa, what's going on? Why yeah. He was wearing them again today. Why is he wearing foot joy? He, had, he had a white pair today. And apparently I did a little research on it. Apparently the foot joys have a little bit wider platform and they, they provide a little bit more stability. And apparently 
with his right leg, it, he has a lot of swelling and uh, with his right foot. And by having that little wider platform on his right leg, it, it gives him a little bit more stability and it gives him a little bit more breathing room. Um, so I, I, again, I mean, because I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think that the foot joy, uh, the foot joy premiere series, you know, you know, this series better than I do, but um, I wouldn't think that that'd be more comfortable. So I guess it's not comfort for him. It's about stability and, and giving his foot, some some room to move around a little bit in terms of the swelling and then obviously providing a, a real stable platform in order for him to actually make a good golf swing. So that was kind of that was kind of kind of crazy when I went back and looked at it. I was trying to figure out why. And that this was again, this was not Tiger saying this. This was some other uh you know other people that are close to his camp at saying why he switched so i, yeah. I can only imagine that they can't be yeah so nike put out a weird yeah. kind of statement yesterday real vague real vague it was yeah. odd um but yeah I, and, and i had saw that picture and i texted you guys yesterday i'm like foot joys and of, of all the foot joys it wasn't so much that he's wearing a foot joy it was the the model of foot wow. joy he's wearing the premiere uh you know they don't make wood sold shoes anymore or leather sold shoes anymore but this sole is a is a little stiffer a little firmer yeah. it's not the athletic type of shoe that nike is so you would think nike was gonna, is going to be more comfortable just because they make comfortable running shoes right where yeah. foot joy is coming from a world of golf shoes where it was leather wood soles it's, you know that kind of stuff more of a aesthetic appeal uh, yeah for the foot joys. Um, but I, I will say, yeah, Nike does make a narrow shoe. Like I've always yeah. worn Nike sneakers because I have a narrow foot. So Nike sneakers have always fit me very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you were you were kind of talking about his, his short game and his, you know, everyone seems to think, you know, with, with the short game facility he's got in his in his backyard that his short game will be tight. But talk to me about long layoffs, right? regardless of injuries when you take long layoffs from competitive golf not just long layoffs from golf but competitive golf there's different feels right i mean it's not like he's just gonna walk right out there and not feel different it, it's gonna f- feel different to him at first right yeah i don't i don't care I, and, I, and this is why we we said that if tiger wins this tournament it will be the most amazing thing to ever happen in the golf world and one of the main reasons is not his ball striking. Um, the, I mean, uh, uh, besides the fact that he's playing on one, not even a, he, geez, both legs are banged up. So it's like he's playing on, you know, each one's like a half a leg. But it's the, it's the, it's the touch and the feel shots around the green under pressure. That's the mm-hmm. biggest difference. Like he can come out to Augusta and practice and play for two months and, and chip and putt his way around and like, hey, I know. I know the grass. I know the ground. I know how it feels. I know how the balls are acting on the greens, but he's not doing it under a major championship pressure. And that's the difference. Like your body reacts differently. And even Tiger will admit this and he knows it. And he may not say it on camera, but he knows that you can't come. You can't come out of, uh, I shouldn't say retirement, but you can't come out of a long layoff like this for it's over been a year, a year and a half, half, right? A year and a half with no real competition and then go to Augusta and try to have all of these little touchy feely shots around the greens. I mean, it gets so precise. It's so precise. The greens are so fast or so firm and the grass is so tight around the greens. Like 
You have to be exact, exact. And I just, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I want him to do this. If he finishes in the top 20 this week, it will be an absolute miracle. Oh, yeah. Finishes in top 20. I mean, just um, so. Making the cut would be incredible. Yeah, if he makes a cut, that's that's a win in my book. I mean, hell, I think playing's a win. But, yeah, you know, like you were saying, com- com- competition is different. And even I'll use an example, uh, Daniel Kang on the LPJ Tour. She struggles chipping and around the greens. Mm-hmm. And she was just quoted this week. Last week, I forget the event on the LPJ Tour, or maybe it was two weeks ago, her last event. She admitted to missing greens on purpose to get prepared for the major, the Chevron Championship, that they were getting ready to have because her, her chipping has been poor. And she was like, well, I've been chipping well at my home course practicing, but that's not the same as competition. So she wanted to put herself into more situations to have to chip and get up and down to prepare herself for the upcoming major. She knew she might be doing her dis- herself a disservice on the leaderboard and that event and money wise, but she was like, I need to test myself in competition under pressure. So she now, whether she did or not, but she said she was occasionally missing greens on purpose to test herself because it I is think, different. I think that comment's bullshit, but <laughs> I, I do. I mean, if you are missing greens on purpose and you're competing, then that's that's messed up. Like you, you, you're out there trying to play the best you can. Now, were you were you attacking pins that you normally wouldn't attack, knowing that you may maybe miss that's green? the case? Yeah, that may be the case. And you're like, hey, I'm okay if I miss the green, but to say I'm missing greens on purpose, I'm like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's bizarre. But but anyway, um, no, you're right though. I mean, there's nothing, that, you know, I, you know, any type you, anytime you work with a student, Mike, you know, or or I work with a student, you can sit on the range, you can sit on the uh, practice green, and you can chip and you can putt or you can hit balls, but. The difference is that there's nothing there's nothing uh, holding you accountable for the miss. There's no consequences. There's no consequence. So that's why it's always nice to work on technique on the range and on the chipping green. But when you really want to get ready for a tournament, you need to put that put that technique on the golf course and play around the golf. And then that you're going to gain more uh, learning from one or two bad chips on the golf course than you will from a hundred good chips on the practice green. So you'll be able to take away, you know, I remember I hit that that chip. I had this type of lie and I just came up a little short and I remember doing this and X, Y, and Z. And you'll be able to, um, you know, you'll put that in your memory, memory bank and then you'll be able to adjust in the future and you'll be able to remember that. Um, so that's where I think Tiger's probably lacking, no matter how much practice he's had. I know he's probably been, pl- been playing with some guys and, um, you know, at home and, and, and getting some competitive rounds and some matches going, some gambling matches and, that's probably helping, but, but it's still not it's still not playing in a major championship. I mean, he hasn't even played in a regular golf tournament. Now we're going to the that's the other thing that's shocking to me is tournament ever. I, I would have thought he would have tried to play and get reps in something else before this. I mean, the Valero would, would have been a nice I say relatively flat. I mean, Valero, yeah. uh, San Antonio's got some got some undulation movement, but, yeah, but not like Augusta. Uh, no, so a good place to go. It's um, uh, it's exciting, man. I, I, I said it all out loud maybe six times last night, and Lindy was getting ready to slap me. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, Tiger Woods is at Augusta. Like, holy shit, Tiger's at Augusta. Tiger's playing the Masters. 
he's at the Masters. He's playing. Like I was showing her pictures. She was like, all right, I get it. Enough. Yeah. Like, I don't need to see a picture of Tiger Woods. I know what he looks like. But like, it's just how giddy I am about this is yeah. kind of silly. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm just like, is this really happening? Is this really, is this really happening? It's uh, it's awesome. So I, I hope he plays well. well. I hope he plays. And there's no setbacks in the next couple of days here. And hope he plays. Uh, yeah, yeah. I hope he plays. And just having him there is going to be cool. The buzz for a couple of days. If he makes the cut, great. Um, if he makes the, I mean, just think about the ratings for the first two rounds. And oh, if he, well, makes the, if, if he makes the cut and is like, if he, if he's even within like eight shots, the ratings are going to be. Well, I, someone made a made a comment mm-hmm. on Twitter. They're like, man, I hope the uh, the um, the bandwidth for the streaming is going to be awesome because <laughs> whenever whatever day Thursday or Friday that he's not in coverage and he's the featured group on Masters.com, there's going to be so many people <clears throat> tuned into that. Oh, yeah to to watch that it's just gonna like crash the site it's yeah. gonna be insane yeah so yeah it's awesome so let's get into some of the other masters kind of preview um topics what are you what are you looking for this weekend are you i mean obviously it's fun to to you know talk about the you know some of our favorite memories at, at augusta and the masters and favorite holes and aiming corner and the traditions yeah um, what's your take there? Are you, are you interested in, okay, you know, you and I were just t- chatting before the show, man, it's, it's, it's deep. There's, you know, and, and we've talked, you and I were running through the numbers. There's 91 players in the field. Mm-hmm. There's six AMs yep. that are in the field. There's what 11, we said past champions that have no shot at winning this. Yep. yep. And then there were what 15 first timers. Which uh yes, 15 first time. Historically don't win. There's always a few that will play well and yeah. finish high but never win. So you're talking and then there's probably a few that the course just doesn't fit, right? It's just too it doesn't, long. Doesn't fit their eyes. Doesn't so. fit their eye, doesn't fit their game. So now you've legitimately taken 40 guys of the 91. Maybe more than that. Yeah. Out and saying no shot yep. to win. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, again, trying to, you know, if we get into strategy a little bit and who, who uh, historically wins here, you, you've got to, if you're, if you're in, if you're doing DraftKings, if you guys are going to, you know, play some bets on guys to win, um, you have to look at these numbers. I mean, don't be stupid. You know, uh, if you want Sam Burns to win, um, then, and, and, but you need to look at what his odds are compared to another guy who's right next to him, who's played in this event three times. Um, and, and again, if Sam Burns wins and as a first-time player here, is it? Is, it, is this his one? He's, of, it's his first time playing, first, which is remarkable because he's he's got three PGA Tour wins, yeah. but this is his first uh, go at the Masters. How, how did that work? Is just the way that the? I think it was just the timing. I mean, he's won them all yeah. in the last year. Uh, it's happened a few yeah. times actually. Uh, Morikawa had three wins. There was somebody else that had three wins. Uh, and then uh, Patrick Reed also was another player who had three wins before their first Masters appearance. So yeah. it's somewhat common the last few years. But um, so, but back to the point there. Um, again, if you're, if you're willing to, if you're, if you're trying to pick the winner, now I'm, I just want to be clear like, 
are, are, is he going to play well? Uh, I don't know if he's going to play well, but he certainly has every chance to play well compared to everybody else. But is he going to win as a first-time player? Um, you know, it just doesn't – it predominantly or historically does not happen ever, you know. Um, so it, you just go with the odds there. I mean, the chances of him winning are slim. So um, you have to look at that. You have to pay attention to that. So you've got the amateurs that won't play well. I shouldn't say play well. They're not going to win. The past champions that are down at the bottom of the list, and we named them off as eleven guys. And you can look, you can look at the um, the field, and you can go to the bottom of the field, and you can see those eleven guys. And nothing against these guys, but you know who's not, not going to win the tournament. Um, Come on, don't talk about Sandy Lyle like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've even got Zach Johnson in there. Um, and then again, we we talked about the first time players, but. Um, and then you've got other guys who have, have been vocal in saying that they just don't like it or or they're not in they're in rare form, meaning they're not playing well. So that before you even pick a winner, I would go back and look at the field, eliminate those six players, uh, the six amateurs, eliminate those 11 pros, eliminate those 15 first timers, and then go find those 10 to 12 to 15 guys who either have said they don't like the golf course. Uh, the golf course is uh, either too tough for them. Um, they're not great putters. They're or they're not great ball strikers. Or they're not very long. Or they're not very long. Which, I, you know, well, geez, let's just knock off all the categories then. <laughs> but like, um, but you, you have to pay attention to that, and you have to. And you look at recent form. You know, if a guy's been struggling with his ball striking, uh, or he's been really poor with his putting, like this is not the week to to test your, your skills and test your skill set or test your, as a, as a, as a, a fantasy player or a gamble, this isn't the week to kind of push the envelope. So if you really get down to it and you narrow it down, um, you're looking at about 30 guys that have a chance to really compete and win. So it's, it's the best, it's the best mat. It's the best, I shouldn't say best masters. It's the best major tournament to pick a winner. Like you can really, as a gambler, you can really narrow it down and say, you know what? Hey, I've narrowed it down to these 20 guys. I'm willing to put $10 on these 20 guys and it's probably going to pay off for you. Um, again, uh, that's just, it's all, it's, it's theoretical, you know, and we've, well, you gotta, created you gotta, some, but you've got to do that. You got to have some sort of facts and backing for why you're going to choose someone. And those kind of, those those are kind of the groundworks of, okay. Well, we just help you eliminate half the field, and then you guys can do the rest and and, and see who the the other people might be. But we've yeah. just taken out half the field for you. So, yeah. um, real real fast before we get back into it, I have to mention this, and I want to get your take. And I've gone both ways with this, dude. Perfect Bryson DeChambeau video. Yeah. Did anyone yeah. see that out yeah. there at Augusta? The all sports. We he lost to Tyler. <laughs> so I know nothing about Dude Perfect other than like 12 years ago, they put out some trick shot videos and then that was cool. Uh, I know you've got some young boys, so that's right in their wheelhouse. I think you guys even went and saw Dude Perfect, right? We saw him live. We actually watch him every, every week. And uh, the boys, we actually watched it Sunday night and they were super into it. And they, when Bryson missed or when Bryson hit his, if you haven't watched it, they, they do this. You know, all all sports, uh, you know, competition on uh, Amen Corner. They have like a frisbee. They have a volleyball. They have a soccer ball. They have a 
pool, uh, pool ball and pool stick. They have a tennis racket. Um, they have a Nerf, the you know, football, you know, they've got all these things that they can use. Um, and, the, and then the premise it. was once they use it, they couldn't use it again though. Correct. They couldn't, they couldn't use it again until every, every piece of equipment had been used. Okay. So right. Say, say they had five pieces of equipment for one hole and they went through it, then they could go back and restart. And then they, it was, it was like a, a restart. You could use whatever you wanted. Okay. Um, but I was actually, and I, again, that's, it is a little tougher for a professional golfer uh, to come in and play this game with those guys. Cause they use, they've done this competition before. Um, but Tyler ended up winning the competition, which is he, if you haven't watched dude, perfect, I know we're giving a plug to Dude perfect, but you should watch. It's funny. Um, he's, he's a good athlete, really good athlete. Um, I mean, he's not a, he's not a professional athlete, but he's really good at a lot of different things. Uh, he's a kind of a jack of all, uh, jack of all trades. And, you know, Bryson was out there and he was using some of these, some of the, uh, this equipment that he had never used before. So he just didn't understand how they worked. He was able to get himself into a playoff with Tyler and one of the other guys. And it ended up going to a skipping contest on 16. Those guys and, had some good shots, which I, they had to have done a retake on this. Cause I've gone out on my lake and tried to do the, the skipping thing myself. And I, it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. Like you don't just walk out there and like grab a two iron and just skip it across the lake yeah. and run it up on the green. Um, so I don't know if there's some, um, there was some extra takes there, but they all three hit great shots. Um, and Tyler ended up hitting the shot up there to like 20 feet. Whereas yeah. uh, Bison skipped it up on the green to like 80 feet. I mean, anything that hits the green is an awesome shot. Um, but it's just funny to see Bryson lose in a competition with uh, some YouTube stars. You know? So at, at first, when it first came out, I told myself I wasn't going to click on it. I wasn't going to watch it. I even sent it to you guys with the, the emoji of like throwing up. Cause all I could think of is just like these fucking knuckleheads are on Augusta national, like dicking around with Bryson DeChambeau, who's the world's biggest douchebag. And I was just like, Oh God, this is fucking awful. I'm not going to watch this. And now I, I, it's 11 minute video. I watched like probably a total of three and a half minutes. I just kept on skipping through. And at first I was like completely against it. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Like what, <laughs> what would someone say if they were playing cornhole in the Sistine chapel? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, but, but then I'm like, well, this video is not for me. It's for Trey and Maddox and kids yeah. and, and they if, loved it. If it exposes them to the masters and Augusta national, that's great. I wish they would have picked somebody other than fucking Bryson. Maybe yeah. I wouldn't have wouldn't have immediately well, hated it before I know, watched it. But my kids were they love Tyler. Obviously, a lot of the kids do. But when 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 Tyler made he had to use a pool ball to putt. You know that's how they putted on this on the show. But when he made his putt to win, I mean they went nuts. The fact that he won and beat Bryson DeChambeau. And they were like, they were running around the house. I'm like, what? what's going on right now? Like, this isn't even a real competition. This is a, a YouTube competition. But, but that's, but that's what they know now. I mean, that's what they watch every day. And they were just, they were pumped. And it was like, oh, well, hey, whatever it takes good. to get people yeah. out. Yeah, good for them. They're watching it. So, so sorry, I, that was, I hijacked our our master's conversation there. But definitely uh, watch that though. With with the, I had that note in my show notes here, dude, perfect. Um. 
But what, so what, let's talk to me. Let's not make our picks just yet. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Some players you might be looking at. Bryson had an interesting comment today. He, and I didn't see much of the coverage because since I was playing golf, but I did see a comment that he had his press conference today and they asked him how healthy he was. And he goes about 80%, which I find funny because wasn't it a few weeks ago he put out a, a video withdrawing from, I can't remember if it was the players or Bay Hill. That he said, yeah, I'm 90, I'm 90%, but I'm just not there yet. Well, he's played the last couple of weeks, and he's only at 80%. Like, To go backwards? No, no, maybe it's because you were shanking the ball all over the fucking place at the match play. Yeah. And I don't remember if he made the cut, missed the cut here at Valero. I didn't even look, but I know he didn't play well. So maybe now, all of a sudden, because you're not playing well, you're at 80%. But if you're at 80% now, why couldn't you defend your title at Bay Hill when you were 90%? Yeah, I mean, I... I just, I, I think he is a talented guy. I think he is, he's maybe analyzing things a little. He, he wants to be the first and best at all these different parts of the game. And I think he's losing sight about uh, losing sight of what, what the goal is. The goal is, the goal is to win. The goal is to win. And if, if you come up with something that's different, that helps you win, then great. That go for it. But you're not going to be the inventor of everything there is to be invented about, you know, golf and golf evolution. Like, so, you know, hey, you, 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 you've used these single length clubs. That's great. Um, and if that works for you, go for it. But like, make sure it's really helping you. Don't just do it because you think it's going to be the next trend and you're trying to be a trendsetter. I feel like he is, his goal is to be like a trendsetter, like instead of winning golf tournaments, like, when you know when he post makes those, he, he posts, wants to prove himself as. Yeah, he's trying to be a pioneer in like all these different areas of, of golf. It's like, hey, how many times? How many times have you heard like a golf instructor or a, or a coach say, "Let's not reinvent the wheel here," you know, with the golf swing? Like Bobby Jones has been doing a lot of the same stuff we're talking about right now. You know, it, it's just it's just physics. It's it all kind of works the same. We don't have to completely, you know, flip the sheet here. Let's just do with what works. If you want to tweak a little bit here and there. And I, and I get that he, you have to respect it a little bit. And I always do yeah. I always say that. I love that he pushes the envelope, but I think it's hurting him because he is a talented guy. If you go back yeah. and look at some of the, you look at some of the golf he played uh, when he won the NCAA championship, when he won the, did he win the USAM as well? Yep. The, he won the USAM. And the USAM in the same year. Yep. Um, and that's where I felt like the single length club, thing really worked because he was so good with all the other things of his golf game was he just he didn't over over complicate it he was like hey this one aspect is different but it works for me and i think it's going to catch on but then it became like how many other things can i be an innovator for and i just think it's taken away from the main goal which is to make you play better golf like if yeah, yeah if it doesn't make you play better then, then then let it go pass it on to the next person you know doesn't mean you can't advocate for it and say, hey, this is really cool. I think people should try this. Doesn't work for me, but I think you should try this. I mean, I'm I think single length clubs, the the concept is cool. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, but it could work for other players and, and really help them. So I don't know. Yeah. Just Bryson. I'll be curious to see what he does this week. So some some guys that I'm looking at, and I'm I'm not gonna give guys that I'm gonna. These guys will not be in my picks, but some guys to potentially 
look at um, that I'm curious about competing this week. There's some big names that are, wow, I don't know what we're going to get. Right. So I think the two biggest ones that jump out, Rory and Spieth, both played this past week. Spieth hasn't looked right the last couple of months, doing some weird, funky things in his swing and in his pre shot routine. Rory misses the cut. So on last week's podcast, I did not pick Rory. I had Abe answer on my team. Wednesday night, Abe answer WD'd. So I quickly was lucky enough to find that out and went to my DraftKings and had to move a couple of things around, change my team. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Rory. Fucking misses the cut. Is just not playing well. Spieth did have a bogey-free 67 on Sunday, yesterday. Does that you know, rejuvenate him, go into a place that he loves and plays really well? I'll be curious to see what those two guys do there again. They're not on my team for DraftKings. You know, Patrick Cantley, we haven't really heard much of him since the fall. He plays there well. He's had some good finishes. I don't know. Rom is not on my team. I almost tried to fit him in there. Just he's been hitting the ball really well, just not putting well. So he plays Augusta well. Cam Smith plays there really well. And we've we've obviously know he's in he's in great form. So I don't know. It's just um there's yeah. a lot of good good names, and I might have taken a couple of players there that, that are on your squad. I'm not positive. No, but. That, no, that's fine. I mean, um, one of which is who's not on my roster, but I, I do want to comment on you. You talked about John Rom, and John Rom has played in this tournament five times. What do you think is his? What do you think is his worst finishes? I don't think he's finished like outside of the top ten or like at least the last three or four years. I'm his gonna worst, say I'm gonna say his worst, worst finish is T11. Uh, so you, you you're right um you know, partly there his worst finish is 27th okay that was his first year in first 2017 year. and i don't know he may have been an amateur when he played in that i don't know if that was yeah his i don't know that year. yeah but you're right in the last four years he has not finished outside of the top 10 yeah um uh, and in chronological order here in descending order here uh, starting in 2021 fifth seventh ninth fourth yeah um that's pretty good yeah that's pretty good he he has not played great as of late but again he's only missed one cut in the last 15 events he's actually i saw someone posted on on twitter uh, i probably can't find it here last minute they posted like strokes gain ball striking or strokes gain t to green over the last handful of months and he was actually number one really yeah so he is flushing it he's hitting it really well his just putting has been that bad yeah, he goes so total uh, ball striking right top ball striking uh the last three months john rom plus 2.39 number one over the last three months Jeez. but we all think like he's slumping yeah yeah he's just not because he's not winning Zalatoris was number two on that list. Hovland's three, Neiman four, Thomas, Lowry, DJ, Homa, Casey, Connors, Matsuyama, Hat, and Morikawa, Sheffield. Matsuyama's interesting, too. He's been all kinds of banged up. Yeah, been WDing, WD last week, uh, but he's there this week defending his title. So that's another interesting player to look at. Um, obviously, the defending champ. He's, yeah, I, I mean, he's all kinds of. Injured. Withdrew last week, and then I guess he it says 
uh, DNS at the players, but he withdrew to the players too. Yeah. Um, and then before that, 20th and 39th, I mean, the last four starts have not looked good. Um, you know, obviously early in the year, he won the Sony, won the Zozo. So, I mean, kind of in the in the winter fall series, he was playing some good golf, but I don't like him coming off of a, you know, uh, a withdrawal based off of an injury. So I, I don't have him in any of my lineups, obviously, but, um, that that's not to say that he can't play. I mean, he's a talented guy. Correct. Yeah. And get any, in any moment, you know, Hideki could, could bust it out and play, play great golf. So, um, you know, I don't want to say that, but, um, and, and, you know, it'd be interesting. So it looks like there's going to get some rain, um, maybe some thunderstorms Thursday, and then it looks to get kind of cool and windy over the weekend, which yeah, again is going to change kind of the player that may play well there. I, you know, the one player that's kind of jumping out at me, and again, this is not on my list, but as I'm looking through it, you may have Cam Smith in your, in your lineup, but typically he doesn't hit it long enough uh, to be a factor. He's not, he's a great, good ball, good ball striker. He's an incredible putter, which if we go back and look at the stats, every, we've talked about this before. We talked about it last year. Um, the best putter doesn't win at Augusta. The best ball striker wins at Augusta. So he is, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. He's not the best ball striker. He's a great ball striker, but not the best. But given the conditions, when things get cold and windy, uh, he is a great wedge player. And if it starts getting really hard and tough and guys don't hit it close to the hole regardless, and you've got a really good short game, he could he could be he a does, guy that he does play that golf course well. He does play it well. I mean, if you look back at what he's I mean, done here, he was a runner up finished, in 2020 with three or I think one of three top tens. Yeah, he's got three top tens in the last four years, and he's never missed the cut. I think as, as a, a countryman, Mark Leishman, someone to look at if it gets windy, plays yeah. well in the wind and plays very well at Augusta. Yes, he does. He he just likes the moment. He's just such a cool, collected guy. Like yeah, he, he's a grinder. Yeah, he's a grinder. Uh, he can get it done, hundred percent. All right, so let's all right real fast before we do our picks. Pick the winning score Whew. with the after the weekend con, uh, conditions. I'm going to say twelve under par. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go I'll go ten under. Yeah, I think it might play a little tougher this year. Yeah, I think so. I think the weekend is. I think I think you're going to see some guys kind of light it up with the with the rain softening things up, and I think you're going to see. Honestly, I, I would see eight, nine, ten under par through 36 holes, and yeah. then the weekend. That's why. That's why I was kind of hanging at 12. I think somebody is able to, um, you know, shoot shoot a know, couple under on the weekend. Couple under. Okay, I like that. All right, you want to go first? Or want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, again. This is this is early, and we've um, I kind of put this together last minute. This is subject to change, um, but I am going to start at the bottom of the list here, and I'm going to go with the guy who's been playing some decent golf as of late. Um, finished ninth at the uh, Players, won the Honda, missed the cut at the Arnold Palmer, but um, I'm going to go with Sep 
Straka. The price point is right. I think he's a good enough ball striker to where he can make some make some hay there. He's young, hits it far. Uh, I think he can make the cut at six six hundred bucks. He can make some birdies. He may make some bogeys and doubles, but makes the cut, finishes you know top twenty. That's going to give me a lot of points. Um, next up, Kevin Kisner. Uh, you know, Kevin's been hourly open about this golf course is. Uh, I don't want to say doesn't doesn't suit him, but he he's been clear about certain golf courses that fit their eye, and he has not finished in the top twenty at this golf course. So, uh, but I will say that he is a, a recent form, and he's been hitting the ball really well. So again, I think that's that's a big part. Again, I don't need him to win, but if I can get a a Kevin Kisner that finishes in the top twenty at sixty eight hundred bucks. Uh, I think that's a pretty good that's a pretty good number. Um, and next up, sliding up the list, I've got Corey Connors, who's been playing some good golf as of late, obviously too. Um, you know, the match play made it to the finish. Did, did he win his match? Finish third? Yes, I guess officially. Yeah, he beat um, DJ to come in third. That's right. So playing good golf. I mean, the Valero Texas Open. He played played good golf all week. He had a poor uh, third round, but seventy seventy one. Uh, 67 in the other uh, the other three rounds. He's obviously playing some good golf as of late. Um, and again, I've played with Corey multiple times. Uh, one of the better ball strikers that I've played with. And I will take um, I will take a guy in good form and that is a good ball striker and an average putter out at Augusta to get to have a good a good run, especially at and he's he's played in two masters and two top tens. Yeah, especially at uh, at his price point. I, I think he's kind of a sleeper, in my opinion. I'm not going to say to win, but it would not – if Corey Connors wins, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, how did this guy win? I'd be like, well, because he's an incredible ball striker, very steady, very solid, drives the ball in play pretty long for how straight he drives it. Um, he It wouldn't surprise me if he sneaks out a top uh, – another top ten or a top five and is in the hunt on Sunday. Um, but anyway, jumping up, uh, we talked about this first time player again, I'm not picking him to win, but I'm picking, I, I'm, I got a good feeling he's going to get a top 10 this week, Sam Burns. Um, okay. I just, it just really suits what he's doing. He wanted the Valspar, uh, top 10, at uh, Arnold Palmer, 26 at the players. I mean, playing some good golf, but long, super long and relatively straight. It's like a little cut, you know, I feel like that. That obviously is uh, is a, is a good shot for everyone. Talks about the draw, but you look at back at you know the eleven majors that were won out there by these two guys, Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus, and they hit both at cuts. Um, yeah, and they hit hard, hard, long cuts. And Sam Burns does the same. So if he's able to drive the ball well and keep it in play, he's going to have short irons into these greens, which, which is again we've already talked about. You know the approach, uh, the approach gain stat. So. I have a feeling he's gonna he's gonna have a good week, top five, top ten finish. Um, and then I drop up to or jump up to um Victor Hovland, who is one of the best ball Your strikers. boy. I love this guy. Um <laughs> I you know what's obviously we know that he struggles with the chipping, and and the tighter the lie, the more uncomfortable it is. He's only last on the PJ tour <laughs> and strokes getting around the green. He's he's only the worst chipper on the planet, but <laughs> The one thing that is good about having tight bent grass around greens 
is that you don't have chip every time. So I feel like he's got more um, he's got more, and- more options around the greens to use like an eight iron, seven iron uh, or putter to where he can still get the ball up and down. And I'm sh- guarantee he's practicing the hell out of his, his putter and his eight iron is, you know, six iron or five iron around the greens right now, because he knows he doesn't have to use his lob wedge, um, which he obviously struggles with around the green. So um, I think, I, I think because of what you just said, Mike is because uh, I, I think that he's kind of a sleeper in my opinion. And um, I, we'll see at <laughs> 10,000 bucks. Um, and then lastly, I think I'm not, you guys know me. I don't, I'm, he's not, it's not one of my guys. I like him. I think he's a g- great player. I don't think he's a number one player in the world kind of guy. In JT. My I, but I do think he's going to win this year. Wow. I'm taking kind of a 180. I, 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 I think he's an overachiever. That's the best way I can say it. Okay. Uh, I do. I respect his game. Is he, is he a top 10 player in the world? A hundred percent. Is he a dominant? Is he a guy you step on the first team? You're like, gosh, geez, I got to play JT today. He's so good. He's going to beat my brains in. Um, I don't think that, I don't think Sam Burns says that about JT when he steps on the tee. Okay. But you know, I, I do like him this week and I think he's going to win. I hope he, I hope he proves me wrong in terms of the, you know, number one player in the world, and he's able to just beat everybody's pants off here this week. All right. So there you go. I like it. I like it. So we got a couple, um, couple of the same guys. So I'm going to start at the bottom. Um, 6,600 Thomas Peters. Mm. Been Why playing, not, right? Been playing well. Why uh, not? We, McLean and I talked about him last week. If, he was 15 under in his three matches and didn't get out of his group. He would have been the leader in a stroke play event after three rounds, but because of the, the match play, the way it works, he's playing well. He had a T four back in 2017 in his first appearance at the masters. Hasn't played in a few years. I like how he's playing. I'm going to pick him again. Thomas Peters at $6,600 hits the ball a mile. hits the ball high. I like it at that golf course. So we're going to go Thomas Peters there. Then I'm going to go up to my guy. I I pick him a lot. I just like him as a person. He's been hitting the ball very well. He was just on that list of strokes gain total that I was, or strokes gain approach or whatever the hell it was. Ball striking that I gave you. Leishman. Uh, Max Homa. $7,100. So it was actually between Leash and Max Homa for this slot on my roster. Likeable guys, good ball strikers. Yeah, likable guys, good ball strikers. They're both a couple hundred dollars apart uh, on DraftKings. Homa's 0 for 2 making the cut at Augusta. That's the only thing I I don't like about his game, but I think he's just playing too well this year and too consistent. He's going to make the cut. I think he's going to fare well this week. Then I go up to uh, Corey Connors. Don't need to say much there. Uh, We kind of talked about him before with, with your pick. My only concern with Corey is, is he tired? He played a lot of rounds at the match play. He played last week at Valero. Does he just, you know, maybe some tougher conditions. Does he just wear out a little bit? But again, hits the ball awesome and plays well at Augusta. Two for two in top tens there. So uh, I like Corey. Then I go up to one of the, one of these three guys are going to win it. 
Uh, two of them I don't really like. <laughs> but um, I picked them anyway. But I'm going to pick him because I'm betting with my head here. So Shane Lowry used to like him. He made some dumb comments in the media. $8,800. Doesn't have an awesome track record at Augusta, but is playing probably the best golf of his career. And that yeah. even is counting um, the win at, at the British a couple yeah. of years ago. Um, just playing really, really well, hitting it well. Again, if it gets a little cold and windy, give me a guy from Ireland on the weekend. Yeah. I agree. Good point. Great point. And then I picked this guy at the preseason show we had. We all made our picks of who was going to win all the majors and be number one in the world. So I'm going to pick him here. I picked him at the beginning of the year. I got to pick him now. Brooks Kepka, $9,400. Oh, no. Just slamming people's cameras around. Just get him a face, bro. Get well, him a face. You know, that's what happens when you're in his face taking pictures of his his fiance is cleavage. Um, <laughs> Jenna, your rack was looking great. Um, Brooks, I don't blame you for doing that. But yeah, I, he's been playing pretty steady. You know, we all know he rises up for the majors. I picked him to begin of the year. There's no reason for me not to pick him now. He hasn't done anything to sway my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so Brooks kept at 9,400. And then um, we're, real quick, what has he done in the Masters? I mean, he's had a couple of top tens. He missed the cut last year for the first time, but seven. But he was hurt. Remember last year, he, he took the long way right. off. He had that bum yep. knee. Yeah. See, he was hurt. So he has played Augusta well in the yep. past, other than when he was injured last year. Yep. You're right. You're right. And he's healthy now. So I think he's going to contend. Yep. And then the other guy who I think is either going to win or come in top five, and you have him, is JT. Yeah, uh, ten thousand three hundred, playing well. I think, I think for some odd reason, I don't even know why. I think because Tiger's playing, he's going to play well. That's what I said. You know what I mean? Like thing. he's best buddies with Tigers now. He's playing practice rounds with them. I, I, I think that's going to just give him some juice to like perform well. Yeah, I, an 100%, inspiration. Hundred percent. Like just having him there, he's going to have a whole another vibe. I mean, it can go two ways. It can be like uplifting, and you play at a different level, or it's um, it's too big of a moment and it's crushing, you know? Correct. Yep. So it could go both ways, but I'm willing to bet on the latter and say that it's a, it's an inspiring thing for him to have tiger there. They're playing practice rounds. It just, anytime you're with tiger, like this is what guys used to say about Jack Nicholas, you know, when they used to play, you know, the masters in the eighties and the nineties, like if I could play a practice round with tiger or with, with Jack Nicholas, I'm going to, you never know when you get a little tidbit of information that one practice round, like, Oh, you know what? I remember winning, you know, this pen here in 1986 when I did X, Y, and Z, you know, as a player, you're, you're like, oh, wow. Why would I not want to, you know, why would I not feel inspired? Like you feel you got an edge on the field. You know, it's like, I just play with Jack. I know, I know a little bit more than everybody else. And um, I don't know that I, I think you're exactly, that's why I picked him same, this, for the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, plus and he's, he's been playing well. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, man, he's been playing really well this year. If you look at all his stats, he hasn't done anything really too poor. He just hasn't gotten the results that he's wanted yeah. and just hasn't won and gotten across the yeah. finish line yet. So I think he puts it together. And, and like I said, if he doesn't win, um, he's going he's gonna to be up there. Funny story on JT with, with Tiger thing. He was on this. This quote came back out this year. I think it was last year. He might have been on that subpar podcast with Colt Nost. And he yeah. was telling a story um, when he got really friendly with Tiger. Leading up to the Masters, he was going over to Tiger's house and they were chipping and putting in Tiger's backyard. And 
Tiger, this was when Tiger's back was being an issue and he wasn't sure if he was going to play or not. And he told JT like, Hey, I'm not playing this year. It's just not right. You know, but don't tell anyone it's not public knowledge yet. And so he was helping JT hit all these different shots. And like, when the pins on this, on this hole, you're going to have to, you're probably going to have to bail out here and hit this shot and that shot. And it was helping him a ton and hitting all this kind of stuff. And JT's like, Holy shit, this is awesome. I mean, you're kidding. And then first class lesson from yeah. the greatest player on the planet at Augusta between him and Jack. And the best part is the next year Tiger was going to be in the field and JT texted him like, Hey, you want to get together? Let's work on some short game stuff, like get ready for Augusta. And Tiger's response was I'm playing this year. <laughs> and JT goes, well, yeah, yeah, I know. That's why do you want to get together and like do some things? And Tiger's response was, I'll see you at the Masters. <laughs> I love it, dude. Like, no, I'm not fucking helping you this year. I'm, I'm in the field. I'll help yeah, you when but, I'm not in the field. But yeah, so that's just kind of that uh, almost like big brother, little brother relationship those two have now. Yeah. So that's awesome. Anyways, I'm geeked up. I mean, how can you not? It's yeah. the best week of the year. It's the Masters. Uh, you got anything else, Jay? No, I, I will say the one if. <sighs> The one little thing I wanted to add about this, because everyone, we get so excited about the Masters and like predicting who's going to win again because of this little process that we just talked about, about eliminating, eliminating first time players, limiting uh, amateurs, eliminating these past champions that have no shot and the guys who don't like the course. You can really narrow it down. And of these kind of 30 or 40 guys, um, there's, there is one guy that, um, I, you know, I should say one guy. I mean, there's a bunch of guys. But I, Scotty Scheffler's been playing really good golf. You yeah, know, he's played here before, and it's like, and he's a good ball striker, hits it long. But he, you know, he's been playing so good, it would not surprise me at all. And you know, I'm on I'm on the DraftKings website right now, and it, he's the he's the most he's the highest price guy. Yeah, uh, and then f- followed by Rom, the art, the best ball striker in terms of strokes gained putter, uh, stroke, strokes gained tee to green. And then Dustin Johnson, who just finished, you know, you know, whatever the last couple of weeks, just coming back and playing some good golf and is the, you know, one of the past champions. So they, they get it right. But Sheffler's at the top. I don't know. I just have a, I have a slight feeling. I didn't pick him, um, but I do have a feeling he's going to, he's just riding in with so much confidence. I mean, that'd be a hell of a tear if he clips this one off. Like, holy shit. But I mean, typically, you know, in the past, the people who win this tournament, um, not always, you know, there's a few outliers, but again, it's the guy who's, who's really controlling his ball and just playing really good golf. And it's a lot of times it's one of those top 10 guys. Yeah. Um, So anyway, it ought to be fun. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Is it, what day is it Wednesday night or is it Monday night? Unfortunately it's Monday night. So we got a a couple more and watch the, watch the, a couple more sleeps until uh, it officially kicks off Thursday morning. So, yeah, I'm jacked. I can't wait. And um, first, for some more listening, listener uh, knowledge, we have merchandise now. Yeah. So if you're not on our Instagram, we kind of teased some of it uh, last week or two weeks ago. We do have some merchandise. We're waiting for one or two more things to come in. But we have some hats and T-shirts and golf towels, koozies. I mean, um, if you are on Instagram and you know one of us, reach out to us, find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, shoot us a message. We can get you some stuff. I just I just sent a couple packages out today to some of our listeners who wanted some gear uh, across the country. Let us know. 
Uh, we're going to try to do some giveaways here on, on social media as well coming up in the next couple of weeks, but uh, check us out there. And if you can rate the, us, they, review us. And oh, no, sorry, you're right. No, you're good. As many reviews as we can, but I, we, they can still give, um, send you, send us a quick message, a DM message in Instagram, yeah. I guess with whatever you want. And then, you know, you know, name, name and address and what you want to purchase. And we can still take care of you there. We don't have the, online store or the Instagram store up yet, but we're working on but it. But yeah, we can, we can take you offline. Uh, we can handle the the sale with you that way. If you do want to rep us uh, while you're out on the golf course or at the bar drinking or just doing whatever the hell you do. So again, reach out to us for some merchandise. Please uh, give us a rating on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to us. Give us a review and we do appreciate it. And we'll be back next week to recap the masters. Oh, I can't wait. All right, Jay Bird. All right, buddy. Cheers. Later.